and hear all you who fear the Lord, and I will tell you what he has done for my soul. I cried to him with my mouth, and high praise was on my tongue. In a deceptive and backwards world, we are starved for true identity, purpose, and most of all, hope. We want to be loved, encouraged, and known. We are desperate for a tribe to rejoice with, lament with, and to break bread with as his kingdom comes. This season on Basket Full of Bread, you will hear more stories of God's resurrecting power and biblical heart transformations that have altered future generations. We will armor up and I'll pray for you and all the saints. And together, we will see God's promises unfold and petition to be overcomers. We will marinate in the book of Romans, belly laugh, chat about heaven-sent approaches for healing, see the miraculous in Juniper, rope Matt into some Matt chats, and God willing, there will be a beautiful birth story along the way. Hi, you guys. My name is Bethany, and I'm grateful you're here. Previously on Basketful of Bread. So I walk out onto my porch the next day after asking the Lord for the crows. And you guys, I, I, I kid you not, I sit down in my little chair, I look out, and within moments, there's crows upon crows upon crows flying all around in, we, we live in a cul-de-sac. Um, my parents live across the street. So like from their house to our house, in our yard, in our trees, there's like 30 crows. I, I had not seen crows at all at this point, um, at all. And I have not seen crows since, except for that day. Um, except when I was telling one of my friends, about this, a crow like flew past my windshield and almost ran into it. That was the only other crow I saw. And I just thought, well, that, that's pretty clear. (laughs) So I got up and I'm like, okay, well, I, I have to call and I have to make this appointment because now, you know, I, I've, I've heard from the Lord. So welcome back, you guys. Season three, Basket Full of Bread. I'm picking up on the crow's story. I was talking about uh, a few episodes ago, and God was prompting me to step back into some waters that I did not think I would ever enter into, but here we are. So I scheduled the appointment, okay? And um I called and they said, okay, there's going to be a nurse's visit, blah, blah, blah. So I'm driving to the nurse's visit. And as I drive, and, you know, I got to be honest with you guys, up until this point, I had really felt um, uh, forsaken, weary. The crows was like a really big gift to my soul because it had been pretty quiet for a while, if you know what I'm saying. And this pregnancy has just been very emotionally, mentally, physically draining. And so I had just been feeling like I'm in a pit 
and I just have to keep powering through the pit, you know, like I'm going to cry out to the Lord every single day and pray that he's going to draw near to me because that's what his word says. And my heart was so soft and just like malleable. Um, And so as I'm driving to this appointment, I'm just like, Lord, like I'm just talking to him and I'm just like, I love you. I've talked about this a few episodes back, you guys. That I, I got to a place in Juniper's journey where I am like focused on the promise, focused on the miracles, losing sight of who God is, losing sight of the reverence and honor and majesty and power and might and worship of just who he is rather than what he does. And so my heart was recentered and I was focused on, Lord, you work all things together for good for those who trust in you and who are called according to your purpose. I know that I have been called and I know that I trust you. And so I believe, or those who love you, he works all things together for those who love him. That's the word, not trust, because that'd be way too hard, right? I remember I, I, I thought it was trust and I looked it up. I was like, no, it's love. He works all things together for those who love him. And so I was saying, Lord, I love you. I love you. Like I just want to worship you and be on the path. And so I'm going to trust that you are, are going to be very clear with me when I get to this appointment. I'm going to listen. I just want to listen to your voice. And so I just kind of honored him on the way there and I worshiped him and I thanked him for being clear with me with the crows. And I pull into the place and I was like, oh, I've been here like years ago. Um, I remember I had seen an OB there actually after I had had it might have been after I had a miscarriage before Oakland. I don't remember why I was there, but um, it was not the place that I partnered with to have my first two. And um, it was familiar to me. And so I went in and I thought, this is interesting. It like looked different. There was like some like trendy lighting. I just thought, hmm. I kind of just took note that it was like different, you know, like not like hospitally. But I didn't really like think anything of it and do my paperwork and then I go sit down. I'm looking around at paintings. I I remember before I walked in, actually, I said, Lord, I am listening. I'm going to stop talking and I'm just going to listen. So speak to me, Father, speak to me. So I go sit down and I'm looking around and look at the paintings. I'm like purposefully um, just like trying to be like ears open. You know, I'm not on my phone. I'm just I'm trying to listen, which is so hard because I'm like wanting to chit chat, you know, <laughs> constant stream of whatever in my brain. And I see this nurse come out and she has this long ponytail. And I'm like, oh. And I immediately flash back to when I was in the hospital with Juniper. And if you guys have not listened to the very beginning of this podcast, this is like the first three episodes. It's like a maybe episode two uh, when we went to the hospital. Um, I talk about this woman, but there was a woman that I flashed back to and remembered 
from when I was in the hospital with Juniper and she had the longest ponytail in the world. And so this other nurse that I saw while I'm sitting there waiting for my appointment totally reminded me of her. And um, Juniper was in the back. This is the Valley of the Shadow of Death for me, you guys. Um, my little five, actually, yeah, she had just turned six months old, baby, was behind these doors in the basement of a hospital, sedated, getting her spine tapped into and put into like a machine, like a baking machine for an MRI, being pumped with, you know, the stuff that they have to use so they can see everything. And, you know, basically um, like my worst nightmare, like one of my worst nightmares. That was it right there in that moment. No windows. Okay. We're in a basement. It's like dark valley of the shadow of death. Okay. And this young lady comes out and I had seen her. She'd come by a few times. She worked, she's like a family life specialist. I cannot remember her name. I, I mentioned it in the podcast originally. I just, I don't remember off the bat right now. And she was there helping another patient, but she, I kind of looked at her like, how's Juniper? And she said, Juniper's doing really good. And I was like, okay. And I'm just kind of standing there in this hallway. And she just says, would prayer be something that's comforting to you? And I said like prayer to like the maker of the universe, like to God almighty. And she said, yeah. And I was like, yes, yes, please. I said, please like lay hands on me. And, um, this is, you know, December of last year, like coming in, it's probably new year's Eve. Um, and she lays hands on me and she says, father, I don't know what it's like to experience anything like this with my child, but you do, you do, you've been there. And I just remember that line hit my heart and um, touched me. And I just thought, he knows, like, he knows, he knows. And I knew in that moment when I'm sitting there waiting for my appointment, God is reminding me of that. And I hear, I just hear like him say, like, even in the valley of the shadow of death, I was with you. And I sent someone there to minister to you. You guys, I'm at, I'm at like a secular, very, you know, whatever hospital. It's a hospital, <laughs> science, basements. And here comes an angel to minister to me. And I was flooded with gratitude and peace in that moment. And God was saying, remember, Bethany, remember. And how often in scripture does he say, remember, remember when I walked you through the Red Sea, when I parted the waters, remember when I, 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 I made water come out of a rock. You know, he wants us to remember. And I was so thankful that he took a moment to speak to me and remind me. Bethany Keim. Okay, I hear my name called. She says it perfectly. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And she sounds pissed. <laughs> and I'm like, uh-oh. And I go back. And she's like, we have been trying to call you. And I'm like, oh, shoot. 
I'm in trouble. Okay, I changed my phone number, you guys, not too long ago because I had like a crazy scam situation happen and I just got really freaked out. And so I guess it didn't get updated in the system. I'm not sure. And so she was like, what you, like, what's the deal? And I'm like, I am so sorry. She's like, get on the scale. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, I'm like, this is not, I'm like, she's about to clock me. Like, we're not off to a great start. Okay. Um, she's this like feisty, like Latina woman about to like break me down. Okay. So she takes me to the back office. We sit down and she's like, all right, so what's the deal? Like you want to have a home birth, but blah, blah, blah. You know, she's just like getting right into it. And I'm like, okay. I was like loving her so much because, oh, I love personalities like this that are like, they just like keep it so real and they like are about to punch you in the face. Like when it's like that type of person, cause you know, there's like a, like a, there's like two types. Okay. There's a type that's like angry, but like I could tell she was like full of love. Like I just knew it. And so I was like trying not to laugh because I just felt the love from her, even though she was literally going to punch me in the face. And so I'm like, you know, I'm really just trying to navigate. I'm not sure. Like I, you know, might do something like a hybrid, like co-care. I don't know. I, I really am just trying to discern what the Lord wants me to do. And she's just like, what do you want? What do you want? And I'm like, great question. I don't know. You know, I said, yeah, we've been through a lot in the last year. A lot of things went down and, you know, some things have changed. I'm just trying to figure that out. And she's like, like what, what happened in the last year? And I'm like, okay, well, and so I start to share just a little bit about our last year. And she immediately just softens and is like, okay. And she starts to kind of dabble in some scripture. And I'm like, you're a believer. And I'm like nudging her and getting all up in her grill. And she's like, yes, I'm a believer. And she like, you guys, you would not believe it. We're in this like tiny little room. She is like ministering to me. She's dropping scripture. She's telling me like the truth she's encouraging me. I'm like, the Holy Spirit is dwelling. I have not felt this rich dwelling space with another believer so intimately and so long. And we're just sitting there and she, I'm like laughing because I'm like, oh my, I can't believe this is happening. I was like going crazy. I'm just like, Lord, you seriously set me up. This is too good. And she's just like, wherever you have this baby, God will be with you. So you just have to get all the information you want and just make the decision. You know, you just decide. And she's just like, she talks about the specific doctor I want to see. She says he's like a father to her. She's like, you know, I don't have a, I don't have an earthly father. She's like, I do tell people that my, my father, my daddy's rich in mercy and grace, my heavenly father. She's like, but, um, this doctor is like my, uh, my earthly dad. Like he's been such a mentor to me. And, um, 
he will tell you, he will tell you like it is. And, um, he truly cares. And I'm just like blown away. I'm like, can we pray together, please? Like, I want to pray for you. And she's like, I'm going to pray for you. She's like, hold on, don't rush this. And I'm like, okay. Because when I go into these situations, I'm always like, okay, yeah, like I, I feel like I'm inconveniencing them. So I kind of want to like rush it, you know? And she's like, no, we're going to like sit here. So her name was Jennifer, spelled J-E-N-N-Y-F-E-R, which Jennifer, if you are listening somehow, I love you so much. Um, And so I just was like, whoa, this is unbelievable. I cannot believe this is happening. And she shares part of her testimony, like she shares part of the trauma she's gone through. We go through some of my history and stuff. And then she proceeds to tell me that this establishment that I'm at is a private practice. And I'm like, what? (laughs) I did not know, you guys. I had no clue. I had no idea. And she said, you know, it's different than something that is like right attached to the hospital. They do things differently. And um, a lot of times that is for the good because they have more freedom. They're not having to like bring in as much money. So they're not doing as many unnecessary things. They're really able to take care of the mamas. And I'm just like, what? Like, I'm blown away. Blown away. I'm blown away. And so then, you guys, she prays for me. And I kid you not. She says, you know, Lord, you know what it's like for your son to experience pain and suffering, you know, you know, and she's referring back to the story I shared with her about Juniper and the trauma I've experienced and the loss we've experienced and that kind of thing. And it's the same line, you guys, as the long ponytailed girl from the hospital. And I'm just like, well, by golly, it couldn't be more clear to me. I'm just like, what on earth? And I just, I like, I can't even, she, she looked at me and saw me and I honestly, I don't think I really encountered anybody in my life, like truly who has looked at me and she kept saying to me, takes one to know one. And I was just like, holy cow, (laughs) this is not happening. Talking about the surrender process and taking care of yourself and all that kind of stuff. And it's like I've never, like she knew me like immediately. And I've always been that person. Like I'll sit and I'm like, I see you. I see you. I have never sat across from somebody truly and then look me dead in the eyes. And I know that they know me, like they see me and they care. Like I I just, I haven't encountered that honestly, like to at that intense of a level so quickly, like it felt so good. Like it just felt like God was sitting there and saw me. 
And here's someone again, the Lord sent in another disciple to minister to me. And I'm just like, this is not even real. Like, is this for real? Is this really what it's like when you're on the path? Because like, I'm never getting off this path again. (laughs) Just could not believe it. I walk out of there just like beaming and laughing. And I'm just like, this is hilarious. To not say yes would be disobedience. And, you know, when I called Matt and kind of told him what happened, he was blown away. And so he's like, okay, so like, that's what we're doing. And I, I, everything in me wanted to be like, yeah, we're doing it. And there was still like a tiny piece of me that was like, oh God, that's a big thing to commit to. Like letting the other midwife, the home birth midwife know like this is the path, you know, um, it took me a little, like I needed to sleep on it. Like I needed an extra push of courage. I needed, um, which is so silly after the Lord had made it so clear. Right. And I'm like, Ooh, I better not delay too long. You know, what does Hebrews say? Like today, if you hear his voice, if we hear his voice, we will not delay. Um, I, I didn't want to delay, you know? And so I was like, I need to like do this. I need to just do it. Even though it's scary. I need to just say yes. So I did.